Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Extreme Rules Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's Extreme Rules Premium live event. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT, Dubai, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to Extreme Rules this weekend. And if you're thinking, wait a second, why are they talking about this first and not last night's very eventful AW Dynamite? It's because WWE's better. So, wow. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I am joking. Calm down. Close the Twitter app. Trust me, there's been enough of Twitter this week. Yeah, am I going to have to get in the middle of a um, a work-based fight? Because clearly nobody did uh, last night in Washington. The reason we're doing it this way around, guys, is because Michael Sidgwick is writing the excellent Ups and Downs article for WhatCulture.com, so the Dynamite Review will be coming your way just a few hours later than usual. So instead, we've come in here to talk about Extreme Rules, which, to be fair, looks like a fantastic show. Hype out the ass. I cannot wait for the show. It's a hell of a card, right, which I'm looking forward to diving into with you. But as well, we remain in the era, and I think this might be the end of the era, the era of the firsts, right? So SummerSlam was the first show that Vincent Mann wasn't going to be in the chair for, even if it was a show that he put together mm-hmm. before he resigned in disgrace. Clash at the Castle was absolutely planning through to execution the work of Triple H, the first of the the first true show of the Triple H era. But this is a first of another kind. This is not only the first Triple H premium live event without either one, Roman Reigns in the yeah, main event. Yeah. This is not only the first show of the Triple H era that will not take place in a stadium environment that automatically kind of elevates mm-hmm. the event no matter what's occurring. This is the first Triple H, we can call it a B-show, Stream Rules yeah. B-show, the first Triple H B-show in which he has to do something which he hasn't had to do yet, which is maintain the standard of a thing Vince McMahon did. The Matt, like, I'm in, I've enjoyed WWE since Triple H took over, but let's not fool ourselves here. He had the easiest standing start in wrestling history. The standards with which he had to raise were the kind of things that me and you could have done blindfolded, like, with fingers in our ears. Uh, <laughs> Raw was half decent compared to last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, that's it, like, just... Oh, my God, he said wrestling. Oh, Tiefel Moore! 
Oh, uh, should we get Apollo Crews to fart on that piece of paper? Well, yeah, as long as you promise us that it's actually going somewhere long term. <laughs> yeah. Or believe me, we've got an app for that. So, like, that would have improved Raw based on the complete nonsense that Vince Mann produced most weeks, right? However, did we not, for years, come on these podcasts, mm-hmm. gamble with our credibility, if you can call it credibility, and <laughs> suggest that they can do these? WWE can do these. If you're going to assemble a roster at least once a month, just let them fucking wrestle. Mm. Like, promos weren't, like like, sort of littered throughout the show, thus ruining the vibe of it. Generally speaking, angles, because everything was just so disposable and forgettable, would just be, like, foregone for the two wrestlers to have a great match or the tag teams to actually be allowed to be tag teams tonight. Whatever it was, by and large, and there was, of course, a lot of pandemic-related exceptions, they knew how to do the monthly Mm -hmm. specials. They were a good, breezy watch. They were a good time. Triple H's WWE slash booking is not associated with... A breezy watch, typically. <laughs> Takeovers were often short and concise and class. Yeah. But they certainly wouldn't be described as breezy. They were intense. Like, you had two jam-packed hours, sometimes more. And when they started going off a cliff, they were, like, sometimes more to their detriment. Mm-hmm. What he's got to do here is maintain that. And I'm, like, this card is all set up to do it. Don't get me wrong. But it's a new pressure. It's yet another thing that he's got that I think, and people aren't really talking about it because they're talking about a lot of things on this card, but I think this show, if nothing else, we'll see if he can pass a booking test. Mm -hmm. And in the, so we're recording this on a Thursday, so in like 48, 72 hours, et cetera, when it's taken place, I really want to analyze this show to see if he did pass that test. Not just was this show enjoyable, but did we like this as we did? Like a bunch of shows like this, like me and you, we talked about this before we recorded, Last sat together to watch one of these live for Hell in a Cell. Bloody hell. The show was great. Yeah. Like, and that was... Been too long. Tail end... Well, it's been too long, I since I got to be first-hand watching you sucker jelly hands-free. But, like, <laughs> in terms of an actual enjoyable wrestling show, like, that featured another five-star WWE match, mm-hmm. an incredible main event, a good night for half the roster, and the feeling that, oh, well, thank God for this. Thank God for the once-a-month WWE yeah. diet. He's got that to uphold as well, and he's assembled a hell of a card to try. Yeah, just a word on the card. Uh, an extreme rules. Like, I'm, I'm fully behind the, the concept, by the way, of... But Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. I still don't know if people are comfortable with us analysing WWE as a wrestling product. <laughs> it's weird, isn't know. it? Sometimes we sit down... Remember how like ridiculous the SmackDown preview used to be? And we try and sneak it in. Yeah. But like a lot of it is just previewing a wrestling show. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I don't know how people's comfort is with, like, I never want people to think I'm faking it when I say that I like the show because there's still plenty of bad faith actors out yeah. there. Like, I think the perception change has occurred. The pendulum is swinging week by week at this point. AEW was... Uh, John Pollock's words, not mine, um, from for the brilliant John Pollock from Post Wrestling, yeah. phrased it as, uh, they, are ma- they are maintaining a defensive stance for the first time ever. Like, when has WWE been on offense since AEW's been in business? Never. That's happening. You can absolutely argue the quality mm-hmm. and taste and things like that. But AEW in a defensive stance for the first time. We are talking about this card and talking about these shows with an analytical eye because it's better to. Because it's the standard we've always held AEW yeah. to. And just brick by boring brick, we want to kind of get WWE to that level as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And all I was going to say with this card is, and I can 100% support the idea of don't just do hell in a cell because it's that month of the calendar. Yeah. But putting that to one side, an Extreme Rules card that's actually extreme. Mm. All six matches at time of recording have stipulations attached to them. And a lot of them kind of make sense as well. Um, And in a weird way, despite the fact you've got championship matches, you've got a fight pit with a former 
I think, double UFC champion in mm. Daniel Cormier as a special guest referee, which we will get onto. You've got a good old-fashioned Donny Brook match. <laughs> You've got an I Quit match on there. And to seg seamlessly into our preview of this, the thing everyone's talking about ain't on the card. It's not there, is it? It's no. all just potential teasers. I'm talking, of course, of the White Rabbit. One would assume that means the reveal of Bray Wyatt. Not confirmed, but I will say a massive thank you to all the nerds who've been doing the QR code <laughs> bollocks and yep. all that sort of thing and piecing it all together and, oh, this gives the the coordinates to, to this or this points to the, oh, this binary code spells out this. Like, yep. I can't fault it, really. It is. Bray Wyatt's done a lot of bollocks in his career. I, I literally spawned the phrase on our, oh, I miss them as well, our previews for a... Uh, um, the, the the pay-per-views before with me, Sidgwick, and, and Phil, and obviously Cleary hosting, the phrase, arrive, talk, bollocks, leave. Like, <laughs> he's had a history of like, ah, should they have let you do that? But this has been majestic. Yeah. Um, it's the fucking fiend, the fiend is on the scene. Where the fucking fiend, <laughs> Mr. fucking fiend. Um, uh, look, this is right. Uh, I'm not going to bore people by saying yet again that the fiend isn't for me, blah, blah, blah. This is, for Fiend fans, and there are loads of them, this is their CM Punk moment. Like, I, I, that, without hyperbole, I watched the first dance shaking with excitement and euphoria and all those emotions as CM Punk knelt on the ramp for the first time back in Chicago last year. I mean, that was 12 months ago. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Like, But anyway, like, this is that for Fiend fans. And, like, who the hell am I to not let them have that moment? Like, this is such a big night for Bray Wyatt fans and, indeed, Bray Wyatt himself. It's happening. Right, and that's exactly how we framed the first dance. It's happening. Mm. We don't know the hows, we don't know the whens. This is happening. Bray Wyatt is on this pay per view. He's on this premium live event. There's a lantern in the frigging background. There's white rabbit teases. It's about the only thing that is like I love this card, but it's about the only thing that has peaked at the right time instead of maybe two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, fair. It's the one thing that has like kept momentum and kept pace right up to the the deadline, which I believe uh, the date of the show featured in one of the things, like one of the weeks where there was like ECW footage because they're from Philadelphia, extreme, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, it's happening. Like, you fill your boots. Anyone listening to this that's a big fan of Bray, or even not, I'm watching with bated breath, right? Fill your boots with fantasy booking because you're getting him and it's just how we arrive at that, I guess, is up, up, for, up for grabs, up for question. Does he come back in a... Well, I can set rhetorical questions, but I should answer them on a preview podcast. Like, I don't think he will come back in a just a one-off... In between the matches, the lights go off. No. Like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the fiend. The white rabbit's here. Yeah, like, the. I think it will factor into one of the matches, and I think, like, there's a couple of candidates for where it would make the most sense, too. Um, but, yeah, I think Bray's coming back. I think uh, suggestions of this being a stable and not without circumstantial evidence, even if they all do just prove to be, like, red and white rabbit herrings. Like, they, <laughs> they could all be. Every single one of them could be, and there's no problem with that. But it does feel as if there's more than just Bray coming as well. I think there's a fairly obvious big first feud and big first win mm -hmm. for the returning Bray Wyatt. Drew McIntyre is the Finn Balor of SummerSlam, 100%. whatever it was. 20... Yeah, 2019. 100% they have like, there's a nailed on perfect baby face to be fed to this character. We are in uncharted territory because Triple H has gone on the record, which again might now prove to be part of this elaborate work, as saying, like, what was it, only a month ago, when it was like just before the White Rabbit teasers kicked off, ah, Bray's a tough guy to work with. Look, if he's saying that a month ago, Bray's already re-signed. Yeah. So that's getting said to 
to drive the conversation and to sort of make people think about this. And Triple H with the keys to the Bray Wyatt character is brand new. Could fail just as hard as it mm-hmm. did with Vince McMahon. Of course it could. But it would be unfair to speculate on that because we've not seen it yet. Maybe, like, what does he love? What does Triple H, the game, love when it comes to his booking? He loves rules. Sometimes it makes shows really boring. But how much did Bray Wyatt need rules? How yes. much did The Fiend need rules? And Triple H, and Vince McMahon never adhered to them. I'm excited for this, man. Like, it's, I don't like goth stuff. I don't like spooky stuff. I didn't, I'd, I've never yet seen a wrestling company that's folded it in in a way that I could enjoy it and I include the House of Black into that. You know, the best thing about the House of Black was Brody King kicking fucking ass. Yeah. Right? Not like goth stuff, not imagery, not all that sort of stuff. I was never an Undertaker guy. It's just this world isn't for me. But for the millions of people that it is, we are on the precipice of possibly getting the best version of it. So if this is your thing, like, be buzzing. Be absolutely buzzing. And I think it's a central hook to this show because uh, I've mentioned before, unfortunately, I'm not going to be around for this show. Bloody wedding. I'm mm. the best man. Yep. Quite right. Finally being recognized. Acknowledge me. Just stop the speech like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the wedding. Acknowledge me. Oh, yeah. But like leave the gap as well. So people are starting to get, what's he doing? Like you have a long gaff. And the, the groom's a massive wrestling fan, so he'd throw up the ones. He'd throw up the ones 100%. straight away. You have to drop a QR code somewhere on the wedding so the groom can see it. And then, like, be telling his new wife, now, give us a minute, give us a minute, and scan it. And it's like, it's not White Rabbit, it's you just going, eh, 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 Jurassic Park. So, so I won't be able to watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we don't worry, we'll be reviewing it on Monday, of yeah. course. Um, bloody Saturday pay per view. Oh, no, man. This Come on, Sunday, I'd be all over this. Slick Nick. Love the strange chaos you've brought to WWE, but please, mate, I'm sure the like the pie charts make sense, but please move the papes back yeah. to Sundays. But uh, the rest of this show, I'm really excited about it, but if someone said at uh, the wedding <laughs> on the night, hello, mate, um, by the way, this person's won, this person's the new champion, this is what happened in the Donnybrook match or whatever, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, you spoiled that. Like, I'm not that bothered. Yeah. I don't want this being spoiled. I'm going to have fingers in the ears. I'm going to shut my eyes, drive in. Don't notch. Don't actually do that, obviously. But I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's the groom with the wrestling fan, like, mate, 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 the fiend! Right. On, like, in the middle of the dance floor. I don't want any spoilers. Nice one, you spoiled my wedding. Yeah, you've I mean, ruined your wedding. It. You've ruined everything. <laughs> um, I yeah, avoid everything until yeah. I can get back on Sunday and, and, and watch this. Um, so, yeah, it's the central hook for this whole show. And like I say, it's, it's not been mentioned in, uh, overtly by WWE. But obviously, we think it's going to be... A, in and around the strap match, do you think it happens during the match, after the match? How does it affect the match? I mean, I mean, obviously, Karrion Cross has to win the strap match with Drew McIntyre. Yes, I think um, Karrion Cross. So we can prove this match now, I guess, can't we? Yeah. There is a chance this um, goes in the main event if you want to have mm. the Fiend close the Bray Wyatt close the show. But equally, by the way, you could have this big moment occur. Do the usual, like, oh, my God, this is huge, and then do the bleh, 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 cuts the black, do a quick advert for the network, then you do your main event of something else. So you could fit this in mm-hmm. as, like, the semi-main. So the match, and the match itself fits in either the semi-main or the main event. Karen Cross and Drew McIntyre, remember, like, exchanged glares in Clash at the Castle's main event. So that's been positioned as, like, adjacent to whatever Roman Reigns is up to. Karen Cross gave him a look when he returned. So they could put this on last. And, yes, Karen Cross to win. The strap noises, the physicality of the strap itself might make up for for what I perceive to be shortcomings within the body of Karrion Cross matches. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like him, some people get it, but I do think Karrion Cross wins. I think this will be physical. 
Drew's a big, I hit me as hard as you like, and I'll post it on Instagram guy, so he's not going <laughs> to mind his body getting marked up for the course. Uh-huh. Callum Cross is going to look super tough because he survived the onslaught of this big deal in Drew McIntyre. He's going to hit him with the, like, wicked, wicked, work, Cross, Drew it, but with the strap. Yeah. So there's your finish, you know, like, so that's, that's a pretty cool finish with the strap. Drew's, like, he's put himself in a prison of his own making because he wanted to be tethered to Karrion, but in the end, he's found himself tethered and blah, blah, blah. And then... Drew is left in the ring, and for the second premium live event in a row, he's kind of like, he's down, he's looking out, he's like, Sweet Caroline! <laughs> King Fiend! <laughs> and Bray makes his right, like, lights go out, you get the big da-da-da, Drew is decimated by whatever this new version of Bray Wyatt is. And the cool thing about that is, remember when AEW was absolutely nailing every single element of wrestling presentation, and they would put segments next to each other on Dynamite to foreshadow that eventually these characters are going to interact as if, like, the wrestlers themselves were watching. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I need to speak now because that guy's just spoken. In three weeks, we're going to interact. Mm-hmm. Like, Fiend, Bray Wyatt, whatever, and Karrion Cross being that close to each other but not immediately being made stable mates is something that you can visit whenever you want to visit it. Exactly. That's like, yes, he has taken advantage of a Karrion Cross situation. The Wyatt that, Six. The Wyatt Six, the Wyndham Six. Like, did Karrion Cross soften up Drew under the instruction of a Bray Wyatt, for example, you know, or like, or does the, the Windium Six have anything to do with the finish? Like, is Drew distracted by, uh, it's a Corbin. Corbin was near, like, that's where White Rabbit's records is. Mm-hmm. Gacy was heard backwards in the thingy. Melody Black has not been released. So it's probably not going to be, but like one of the people yeah. that alluded to, do they provide distraction that allows Cross to get the win? And then does Wyatt do his evil deed? Like, Braun, like, his, his motivation revealed in this... He's not on the card. Like, they're building a Braun versus Omos, but it's his, like, true motivation revealed here in the form of, like, distracting Drew McIntyre, whatever mm. it is. What I'm saying is, I think it all happens around here. Yeah, and uh, even if there's no Bray Wyatt, in my opinion, Drew McIntyre ain't winning this match. No, and, yeah, and, uh, like, that Don't aside... Don't be the bunny from Adam Rose, and still Drew McIntyre would not win this match. Yeah, that aside, it's got to be... Karrion Cross losing this match... Is the fiend not defeating Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell? It's like, Karen Cross, Cross Jeff Hardy. Is what it's it, is. Ca- it is Karen Cross. Yeah, Karen Cross has come back with all this momentum, all this fire, talked a very big game, and has got something akin to partial magic powers, like a little bit. He was turning things back and white for a bit. They've scaled that back. Like he, they listened to that feedback yeah. and they've got rid of that. But Scarlet can like shoot fireballs. Her aim's not great, but she can. So there is <laughs> there is some a little bit of magic there. You just cannot have him lose. No. You cannot have him lose. Um, and I just, I, and I don't think they will. Like, I, Triple H is committed to him. Drew is, this is an angle. Drew's in the middle of a story, and that is, he sucks now. Like, that's the perfect pivot for a heel turn or for whatever's coming yeah. next. Like, it's a good time to beat him. It's a good time for Cross to be fighting him. This is not one of them, oh, no, mm. nobody can afford this. One person absolutely can afford yes. it, and then some. They, they were good to go. Um, next up, let's talk about, about the match that makes me go. Oh my god! Oh my god! Matt Riddle. Oh my god! Seth Rollins. Oh my god! Fight pit. Oh my god! Daniel Cormier as the special guest referee. And to be fair, if you're unaware of DC, you are in for a treat. First of all, because he's a massive wrestling mark. This isn't a guy going. What do I do? Where do I stand? Where do mm. I look? He loves wrestling. He was, I saw a video of him in TNA from many, many moons ago. Yeah, he he was on the Olympic team or something, wasn't he? He did. He also, there's a video kicking around, and this is quite nice for this. Obviously, there was an MMA it's a subtext to this with yes. being in the fight pit. But um, 
it might not need to be a subtext because there's a video doing the rounds of him popping his tits off in person when Seth Rollins is cashing in yep. at WrestleMania 31. So there's this idea now that like he's kind of got a foot in both camps, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Yeah. Uh, and DC, yes, is a former light heavyweight and heavyweight champion in the UFC. So you want legitimacy brought to the fight, which they've done throughout mm-hmm. its brief existence in NXT. You got it. These two are going to beat the piss out of each other. And Riddle has to win this one, doesn't he? He's in his element. He does. Um, I so I think this will headline, and I think everything okay. we just I think everything we've just talked about will take place in that semi-main spot, and then you have a break, and then you come back to this. And there's a few reasons why. So I think Riddle will win. I think he's going to be in his element. As you said, it, look, it's worthwhile homework if you listen to this with time. I would never normally recommend things from NXT in the pandemic era, but Riddle and Thatcher and Thatcher and Champa are very very enjoyable matches. The fight pit was like a bit of a salvation for us at the, at the time God, yeah. in providing something new. WWE have actually happened upon a, a stipulation, a gimmick that felt fresh, that mm-hmm. felt like they actually had a bit of ingenuity left like to create this structure. Like, it's really hard to come up with a, a gimmick. Remember Jeff Hardy pitching that thing like, oh, it's a rainbow wheel or something like that. It's like, it's rubbish, but it's hard. But to, we peaked with the reverse battle royal and then <laughs> that was it. It's hard to come up with like a stipulation that makes sense or like, you can fold in that isn't just so forced it feels fake. The fight pit is that. It's an elevated lion's den. It's a sort of unique spin on Hell in a Cell. Mm. It's not quite the penalty box from the King of the Mountain match in TNA. But what is? But what is, you know? I love it. I love the, the idea of people I love inventing King, new matches. I'm a King of the Mountain truther, right? Some, the problem is with King of the Mountain, we're going way off. There's a lot of rules. And typically when you see like five bullet points, it's like, well, that's too much for a wrestling yeah. match. But when you watch it, it's pretty dramatic. Like if you get pinned... You've got to go in the penalty box. That makes sense, right? And you, you don't have to be alone in there. And you don't have to be alone in there. But you can pick. That's that's a knacker. Like somebody could hang the belt up now, and I'm I can't do anything. I'm in a penalty box. So that makes sense, right? You have to pin somebody to be allowed to hang the belt. So the motivation is there for for you to get a pin and not be pinned. Mm. That's better than like most fatal forwards. Hanging the belt was dumb. Hanging the belt was stupid. Really put stupid. the belt up there. Yeah, just just say well you can't climb for it. Uh, and who's going to win? Is Jeff Jarrett in the match? He wins then. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've actually invented the match to give Jeff Jarrett a new nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Samoa Joe's in the match. Yeah, you can help Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> so, aye, back to the fight pit. Sorry, yeah. No, it's okay. King of the Mountain's great. But the fight pit is great too. Yeah, this is going to be a big night for Riddle. Um, there's an article that, if it isn't already on whatculture.com, uh, will be soon. Uh, huge predictions that I normally do for the WWE premium live events. And I have posited that a win for Matt Riddle in a fight pit stands not just to give Matt Riddle huge momentum at just the right time of year. He's going to get this big baby face validation at the end of this big feud right around like Survivor Series season, which is right when you start prepping your Royal Rumble favourites, of which Riddle is going to be one of them, but could establish the fight pit as Riddle's Hell in a Cell. And like Triple H himself stole it from Mick Foley and The Undertaker. So yep. he knows how to establish a, st- a stipulation as his own, even when he didn't really deserve it. But he did that in the early 2000s because he was still around and like Foley had taken the bumps and wasn't going to do any more. He was like, well, well, I'll just win Hell in a Cell then. <laughs> That's easy. Job done. Like once a year. Uh, me and Sean, 40 minutes. Me and Nash, 20. Me and Nash. And Mick Foley, <laughs> Mick Foley the referee, he can take a bump after all. Like the, <laughs> So like he did. He just took Hell in a Cell and he was like, yeah, that's my domain. Like, and I think they're going to do that. Really, the fight pit is going to... Like, how many stipulations mean something? You said it yourself, but Hell in a Cell. Happens because it's in May, or it happens because it's in October. Mm-hmm. No, they ever want to watch a goddamn ladder match again to save our fucking lives, and the wrestlers kill themselves in those things. 
the fight pit stands to be this monument of destruction, right? They're going to beat this out of each other. And they did a pretty great job of that at Clash at the Castle and in the build. Like, they've been having these really cool brawls. Seth does need the comeuppance. Um, his gear game. Remember me and you watching the Cody match when he revealed the dusty pants, right? He might go fight shorts. Uh, like pe- peacock, oh peacock in fight shorts, doing the Connor walk around the ring or something like that. Like, which he'll probably say is a Becky walk, which is quite nice. Yeah. And like the, just there's so much fun you can have with this, as you say, DC, super enthusiastic referee, but a guy that knows the severity of the holds and is able to step in as and when he needs. So there's going to be physicality, presumably, with him because he's going to have a blast. If you remember when Kurt Angle was the ref of the first fight pit, didn't he spend a lot of it on the platform yes. above it? That's a cool-ass visual, man. Like, seeing the referee stood at upper height in the background to let, let them fight. The lion's den atmosphere. It's going to rule this. Like, I think this is going to, like... They're going to be chasing, and Seth should. They're both having a hell of a year, but they're going to be chasing that like five-star level yeah. acclaim. They might not hit it, but they're going to be working towards it. I've said this a few times on this podcast. Get hyped. Yeah, I'm so jazzed for this. As we say, I think we both agree Riddle wins. Um, I'm going to pitch this. I don't know whether I actually want it to happen because it's terrifying. Mm. Floating bro off the top to win. I could see it, yeah. Something like, of all the things where, like... Fist bump with Cormier just beforehand? Yeah, he's going to be dragged into, like, all the submission stuff. Lots of, like, gnarly, grizzly cage stuff. And then, got any uh, got any sports entertainment in Yeah, I got one. Like, I'll do a big one. Uh, <laughs> DC and Seth at Crown Jewel? DC and Brock at Crown Jewel? Yeah, me get him, me get him, me get But, like, see what, like, he's around at the right time of year yeah. to be getting the big money for the night where you, these matches are becoming quite commonplace. Yeah, I, I, if this is, yeah, him stepping into the WWE universe, I've meant to be saying that sound like the MCU yeah. you know, thing, but I've accidentally made it sound like Vince McMahon again. <laughs> but if that gets him in and we are one step closer to DC versus Brock, which, if you don't know. I oh, know, I want the Logan Paul Bad Bunny triple threat at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm after. DC and Brock is, is a mania match that prints money. Well, this is it. Like, it's it's quite something that we're in an era where UFC might have set up one WrestleMania main event and in CM Punk versus Cody Rhodes, AEW set the other up. <laughs> Triple H5. I'm hardcore. I'll take them both. <laughs> Better green both. So. <laughs> yeah, that's how I win them both. Who's going over? Me, obviously. <laughs> night one and night two. <laughs> Who needs the rock? <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, right, let's talk about some of the other matches on this card. Let's talk about some of the title matches, in fact, uh, and the aptly named Extreme Rules match mm-hmm. for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Title change here? Yep, definitely. Um, they have done as much as they possibly can, and I admire it as a noble failure to make up for their own failure, which was absolutely ruining this Liv Morgan character with that SummerSlam finish. It was, it was a bad finish, uh, whoever was responsible should have seen what was coming, which was Liv Morgan getting booed for feeling like a paper champion. A fake feeling win over Shayna Baszler clash at the castle hasn't <laughs> addressed that. Ronda Rousey is more of a babyface than she's been since returning in January when they were supposed to be turning the heel at SummerSlam. That's how, <laughs> that's how bad all of that has gone, right? Yes. And the paper champion thing is not going to be shaken. Liv's got a bat, but uh, Ronda's got an ace, right? So, the well... She's got a queen, a spoon. Mm. Because I think Liv will level up with the bat, with the weapons, with the table. So if we've seen that she's willing to kill herself for the cause, so... That's Mike now where she did the bump on Lacey Evans on the table. I was like, there's the baby face. Yeah. Where's like, this spin? And now she's got this, like, decorated up baseball bat that I think, like, worryingly, like, I think a lot of kids, her fans are going, that's imitatable. <laughs> Mom, can I decorate my baseball bat? Can you do your what now? <laughs> but, like, um, so there's loads of weapon stuff that's going to be, be seen as a leveller. But, like, Ronda's going to be presented as quite cruel and quite nasty to just, like, remind you that at some point you're supposed to be booing this woman again. And then Liv is going to seem like she's going to pull it out. It's probably going to be something like a repeat of the table spot, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And then Shane is going to pull Ronda out of the way. Ronda's going to win through, like... Sammy and Kevin versus uh, yeah, Shane, Shane McMahon. McMahon. The, the classic. <laughs> for the first time, Ronda is going to look like, oh, might I have been vulnerable for one second against Liv Morgan? Nope, nope, definitely not, definitely not. And then Ronda and Shayna begin running roughshod over SmackDown as villains. Shane has been conspicuous by her absence since losing to Liv. And if you remember, that whole thing started with Ronda saying, get serious, mate, you've lost it. Yeah. So I just think all of these things will converge. Break her arm? Yeah, why not? Like, get her off TV for a bit. I'd bring like, Liv back. Liv and Drew, I'd take them both out of this show and bring them both back at the Rumble with absolutely. very different characters. Well, Liv's still it. a huge babyface. She'll get a babyface pop for that because it's one of the few themes people actually recognise. Well, yeah. Absence will make the heart grow fonder for Liv again because I think a lot of people booing it just feel within their rights to. Like, this is who, the, who is she as the champion? We Andy, don't know. Andy was talking about this on the news this morning and I, I, it's, a, and it's a point we've covered a lot, but it does bear repeating... That, and I mentioned our back and forth text over the pandemic about mm. they're still doing Bailey and Sasha well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But this is the fact that this new era of WWE, I can sit here and on October the 6th, right, sit here and say, on Saturday, Ronda wins. I think you've laid it out perfectly, preferably with Shayna Baszler's help because I think that works as a great mini sort of stable. Mm. Breaks Liv Morgan's arm. And then I can sit here and, without saying, oh, imagine if this happened, think, hmm, now this new WWE, I could easily say, go away, Liv. Have a lovely break. Enjoy yeah. Christmas with your family and Thanksgiving and all that. Come back in the Royal Rumble and we'll have you eliminate Shayna Baszler. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's been thirsting for revenge and she gets some. Yeah. yeah. And you can have her versus Shayna down the line or whatever yeah. you want to do to remind us that 
She's a good baby face. She's a really, the, the whole reason why people were like, yes, give her the briefcase. Yeah. We can never, ever, ever have, I mean, it might happen, but like Triple H needs to be held to account. Feet to the fire. If you ever have Adolf Ziggler returning at the Rumble and getting eliminated a minute later. Forget this belt. Forget all you fans. Forget WWE. Remember it. Get eliminated in a minute. <laughs> huh? Like that, you can't. That was your, not a great plan. <laughs> that was your big plan. Uh, right, let's talk about the thing we haven't mentioned on our previous What Needs to Happen at Extreme Rules uh, podcast mm. a week or so ago because it had been announced, I think, as we were recording, yeah. which is this six-man tag team, good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. Uh, and that is Imperium. Uh, at time of recording, I should say, Intercontinental Champion Gunther. Mm -hmm. Could be different by the time Saturday rolls yeah. around, of course. He's facing Sheamus on the big uh, season premiere SmackDown. Mm -hmm which uh, I'm sure you and Sid will preview tomorrow. Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci uh, versus the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Bloody Holland, and of course, Butch. So first of all, I expect Butch to be renamed Pete Dunne on this show. Wow. People get, like, it's still working for, for Triple H, isn't it? Like that first name hype, people like love that, and it'll feel like an event within the event itself. So, yeah, I... I'm not as high on this match as I think some will be because I have doubts about the creativity of the Donnybrook stipulation. The, uh, the pub fight on NXT recently did not fill me with confidence. Uh, the, the brain trust have got, I don't know, flourishes of creativity <laughs> in them, but this should be... So pub got in it, bins. But yeah, like, so here's the thing, right? The storyline was abhorrent, but like Jeff Hardy and Sheamus was a pub fight. Yes. Took place in a pub. Seamus and uh, Big E had a wicked... Oh, uh, oh my God. No holds barred, falls count anywhere match. Miss UE. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come back soon, Big E. Or don't if you're happy, but I hope you're feeling all right. Yeah, when you're ready. Um, so they need it, that's that's a Donnybrook to me. Needs to sort of mirror something like that. You need real chaos, and I'm just not sure to be capable of the chaos. And I think, so we're recording this on Thursday, I believe Gunther will retain, and I believe... Uh, the Brawling Brutes will win, and it'll be a little bit of, oh, this is the real quiz booking. Yes. And I, that kind of like takes the steam out of it a little bit. Like we, the, we, You and I thought it was going to be this, then the IC match yeah. next Friday. And that would be like their win to build a heat for the match. It's like maybe Sheamus doesn't quite pin Gunther, but he bro kicks him. And he knows that on another night, mm -hmm. like your cards are marked or whatever. But instead, I fancy Gunther to win, and then this to be. And again, so that could be wrong, and that could throw all this up. Yeah, yeah. But this sort of feels like... They've absolutely got something. That Sheamus-Gunther match was so powerful that they've absolutely established Sheamus as a contender. They've established the Brawling Brutes as baby faces around him. They've established the Brawling Brutes as potential threats to the bloodline if and when you need an opponent for Roman Reigns. So giving them this win here, now that the, the business of the title has been taken care of, sort of feels like that bit of having your cake and eating and stuff. I think it'll be an all right fight, but I just the stakes feel faker than a lot of other things on this card. But like I, I, these wrestlers won't let you have a bad time. It's going to be interesting because, like, a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match, like you say, just like, oh, it's a weapons match, yeah. do what you like, and you've got also, if you haven't got any weapons left, you've got Gunther's arms yeah, and his chops and what have you. But this is a show filled with horrific, like, <laughs> I'm worried there's a, slight, there's a slight concern that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, but I saw someone get their head caved in with a bin earlier or whatever, and now you're just getting whipped with a strap. Why should I? Do you know what I would quite like? Triple H was the beneficiary of this once. 
Canadian Stampede, considered one of the greatest WWE pay-per-views of all time, and in your house, it only goes two hours. It's got the Hearts and Steve Austin's team in the main event. It's a classic. But Triple H and uh, Mankind, as he was then, opened the show and had this absolutely bananas match, right? And they, they couldn't be contained, and it was going to lead to other matches over the course of the year. But what they kept doing was, they have this opener. I think it gets thrown out. Or doesn't Anyway... Throughout the night, it keeps revisiting the match. They're just fighting all over the building. Brilliant. They're fighting independent of the show, and it adds like real texture and flavour to the event as an evening, right? Let that be the Donnybrook match. I like that. Roddy Piper and Goldust did it at WrestleMania with a backlot brawl. Like, they started in that car park, and then it was later on they got back to it. So they opened the show, Donnybrook brawl. Randy Orton in a fridge, you know. Randy Orton in a fridge, right? They uh, start with the Donnybrook brawl, and then it just goes bananas, and they cannot keep it under control. And then just at various points in the evening, the implication is they're still fighting. And have them like I don't like get. So they've been fighting since NXT. Yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> so they roll into SmackDown. Didn't we have that with Butch? Wasn't this this thing where like he was basically running from town to town and oh, starting yeah. fights? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, have them still in the clothes they were in from NXT on Tuesday, and have the implication be so like have that fight like accidentally interrupt the Gunther Sheamus singles match, <laughs> but then continue on backstage. Yeah. Doesn't affect the finish. Yeah, and then just have it keep going. <laughs> okay, like into the into the pay per view on Sunday, and Gunther and Sheamus are like recovering from their singles match. It's like, come on, guys, get it together. And it's like it's just like a you know in the cartoons where it's like a grey spiral, and you see arms and legs sticking out, <laughs> and just have it throughout the night, and then just pay it off with a pinfall before the semi main event or yeah. something like that. I like the idea of the Braun Roos getting a win here because I think you're right. I think well, I wouldn't take the title off Gunther anytime soon. No. So as much as I love Sheamus and he's had another hell of a resurgence recently, he's just going to be the guy who's oh so close. Mm-hmm. He'll get the IC title eventually. But then you know at this point, and I he... don't care about oh he's done the I don't think even wrestlers care about the whole. I think he at long last grasped universal critical acclaim that he probably should have been given years exactly. earlier. So that will be his, like, in all seriousness, that will be his real quiz. It isn't just about titles. He's, he's That's banger after banger after banger thing is true now. Yes. And that's what he deserves. But it will be, it will be, yeah. Well, he didn't win the title, but they won the Donnybrook match. Yeah. Which will be a bit like, uh, is that the same thing? <laughs> but they'll sell it as that, basically. Uh, who says I quit? Edge or Finn Balor? Edge does, and the floor is yours, Adam Wilborn. For those oh. that didn't listen to some of our other podcasts, I have nothing to say that I can articulate as well as you have this finish two weeks ago before WWE foreshadowed it themselves because we know they listen. Mm. You're welcome, Paul. <laughs> You're welcome, Adam, for our Adam. Yes. Tell it's, it's very rare I get this. Normally, I'm just the guy who sits here whilst you and Sid do their your excellent analytical takes, and I go... <laughs> Right, can't really top that, but I could do a funny voice or press, <laughs> press a button on a soundboard. But it, I just thought, I think this finishes... So would you say this is a... Oh, teachable moment! Teachable moment! For you? So you feel like you're drunk on power now. You like oh, yeah, I, gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like this is staring us in the face. Um, the masked face. Because, you know, you've got... I mean, it says it here on the wiki. It's Edge versus Finn Balor with the Judgment Day, which is, of course, Damien Priest, Dominic Mysterio... And uh, Mammy. Oh, my God. Um, whispering sweet. Oh, I ain't Dom. got a pen, but I was worried about dropping my water bottle in case it splashes everywhere. Into Dom's ear. Um, but Edge, obviously, has got his best mate in his corner. Mm-hmm. Daddy. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, of Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And it, yes, as, as you mentioned, on Raw, Edge said, there is nothing you can do to me physically that will make me say I quit. But he also re-emphasized the importance of Words of Dominic Toretto, family. Family. And what is a straight shot to his best friend and family? It's Rey Mysterio. Yep. 
Dominic Mysterio getting... Sorry, Dominic yeah. Mysterio. Yeah, you could... I'm sure you could put... You could break Edge's, Edge's legs and arms and neck and all the all that, and he still wouldn't say I quit because he's he's a grisly old bastard. Yeah. You threaten to unmask his best friend, the thing that's more important to, to Ray than anything, almost, mm. apart from maybe family. And what's worse than that was family unmasking him. Oh. I think Finn Balor and Edge are going to put yeah. on an absolute ripper. Finn's yeah. been looking forward to this match for years, by all accounts. Mm-hmm. And, yeah... He's going to go, right, I've done everything, and he still won't say I quit. Edge spitting up like a condom full of blood off the coup de grace. Yeah, exactly. Still won't say I quit. Uh, Ray comes down because, obviously, Damien Priest tries to get involved. And then Rhea, Mammy, lays Ray out. And Dominic says, Edge, if you don't say I quit, I will unmask my own father. Yeah, mate. Yeah. It has to happen I this love way. It. I love this finish, right? And you know what? I love this finish so much. You were, I think you were gone out of the office yesterday. I love this finish. I was thinking about this finish. And over the desks of Sidgwick, not only did I praise it again, I then it occurred to me how great this story is, right? So that's going to happen, I think. I think you've absolutely nailed this. And WWE haven't got anything better in the locker. So you're very welcome <laughs> the genius of this man, right? So this happens. Obviously, Edge loses. And then... They revisit what's happened to Rey Mysterio lately, right? His life has fallen apart. That'll be the second time in as many shows that the situation with Dominic has resulted in Ray inadvertently screwing over one of his friends. Yeah. AJ Styles took a beating, right? Ray is such a good man, a good-hearted man, that he's like, this is now ruining the lives, not just of me, but of my friends. The only way I can stop this is to join the Judgment Day. And become? The Judgment Ray, Right. Purple and black mask, purple and black tights, the whole deal, right? (laughs) CM Punk said he couldn't change wrestling from his couch. Ray can't change his son from outside his son's friends. Yes! So he has to get into the group to try and convince Dominic to get out of it. Yeah. And that becomes the next beat of the story. Whether or not you do Ray, like, just kind of being the great leg the dog, because he likes hanging out with Dominic or what. Or maybe it's just for non-kayfabe reasons so they can go back on the town together. (laughs) <laughs> because at the moment they're obviously having to preserve kayfabe and like they can't go out on the piss together, which we know they do. And to take that one step further, let's please. We're not talking about extreme rules anymore. It doesn't matter, right? It's all about judgment day. So blah, 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 unmask. Edge says, "All right, I quit." Yep. Right? Yay! Big celebration for the judgment day. Electric chair to Rey Mysterio, obviously. Natural Mysterio. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Green Mysterio. Rey Mysterio joins Judgment Day, and then we've already seen the the ratings difference that Triple H has had. And what's the best way you can pop a rating in wrestling? Michael Hamflet, it's a wrestling wedding. Oh, yeah. Mammy, Mary's daddy. Angie, sorry, you're going to have to get a divorce. <laughs> you want to be in the judgment day, Ray? You got to marry in. Yeah. For some, some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's always how it's worked. Yeah. I, I, I just, th- this idea of like Ray, like AJ gets a kick in, Edge has to quit. And Ray's like, this is knackered absolutely everything. <laughs> what is the, what's the connecting tissue to all this? Yeah. It's me. I've got to fix this. Like, I, I love it. I love it. And look, for anybody that just thinks we're having fun with this stupid thing, did we not, for years, tell people exactly when Dominic was going to turn? Exactly. Like, we orchestrated it so you couldn't even be there in person just to make the bit work. <laughs> yeah. Like, we told people all along when the turn was going to, we told people exactly how it was going to happen. They were going to mirror the Eddie Guerrero clothesline. Some people were suggesting other, like, physical attacks. I don't know. Electric chair. I'd, I heard no, 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 that save that dirt sheet stuff. Yeah, like we knew the actual way it was going to happen. We told, <laughs> so why would you not trust us now with this specific angle with these specific characters? Tell me when I'm telling lies. <laughs> Tell us when we're telling lies. 
Uh, finally, we have a ladder match for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair with obviously Alexa Bliss and Asuka presumably running interference against the rest of Damage Katarl because mm-hmm. Bianca Belair is facing Bailey and Dakota Kai and Io Sky are no doubt going to be in and around this. I genuinely can't call this. Yeah, most and un- credit to him for this. Most unpredictable match on the card, most definitely. You have um, set up Damage Katarl as like I, I don't think this has gone that well. And it pains me to say that. Love Bailey. So great to have her back. Her work, I think, has already stood up for itself in the few scant chances we've seen her in the ring. I thought the sixth woman at Clash at the Castle was excellent. Really, really good. But I don't think the angle is as hot as WWE would like it to be. Damage Katarla all over Raw. And typically what that means is that you're supposed to be receiving them. as Oh, no, not these again. Like, they're supposed to be like an NWO-type disruptive vibe to them. And it's just not there. It's the division feels half-cooked. And you've put, like, three baby faces together that don't... It's okay for them not to feel like a team because they're not. Damage Katarla are a team. These are three individuals trying to stave off the team. Um, and that's assuming that the late Guru and Alexa Bliss comes out, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that's going on. You've like they've beaten down, they've beaten down Asuka and Alexa Bliss ostensibly to make them helping harder in the ladder match, right? Mm-hmm. And I like the psychology of Bailey stealing this one pin at Clash at the Castle and then being like, well, when I take your title, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Like, they've they've put stock in Bianca Belair getting pinned for the first time in hundreds of days, and now Bailey coming up with a way to take the title without having to do it again. So they've, like, I'm genuinely impressed with the booking and the steps. I just don't think the program feels that hot. The wrestlers themselves are going to be required to wrestle this into something that feels as big as it should be. I think they'll do it. It's Bianca Belair and Bailey. I think mm-hmm. you'd be a fool not to have faith. I just hope the fans go with them. Um, gun to head, I'm going to go I've changed my mind so many times on this. I can't even remember what I put in the articles I've changed my mind. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bailey. Me too. Because I think her winning the title it it'll manifest something that hasn't yet felt like it's been there on Raw, which is a feeling that Bianca Belair has like she's kind of underestimated the threat of damage Katarl and needs to declare war. Mm-hmm. And that, Again, of course, another part of this. that, of course, will bring together everything for November. And I think Bailey, ha- like, at the moment, if Bianca Belair wins, fine. But have you not then, like, even if you're doing war games with these five-on-fives, have you not neutralized the key threat because you've just beaten the leader? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's the fairly reasonable argument. Like, Bianca Belair could swing her hair and be like, yeah, enjoy your war games. Why should I be asked for this? I'll uh, see who else wants to challenge me because I'm done. Yeah. Guitar. So I think... You enrage Bianca Belair by having the title taken off her, and you finally validate Damage Katarl's big talking. So I'll go with Bailey. I'm. I, I, it's, it's hard though. Hard to call it. Yeah, exactly. I will bite on any time someone starts climbing that ladder, rather than well, it's not going to be you, sort mm. of thing. Uh, I think it's going to be Bailey as well. I think for I think the moment they announced the ladder match, I went, oh, that's an easy way to take the title off Bianca while simultaneously protecting her. Like you say, we've got um, War Games. You've got Candice LeRae waiting in the wings yeah. for. If they need an extra person, if Asuka's injured. Got to finish. Got to finish. You ready? Yeah. Both climb the ladder, fists and fire, all that stuff. <sighs> Labored blows, blah, 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 blah. Um, Bailey ties Bianca's hair to the carabiner, and Bianca starts to struggle, and Bailey grabs the belt while Bianca struggles to get hair loose. Bailey takes the belt. Ooh. I mean, you've just given me that, and I thought, Bianca Bella is such an athlete. Why wouldn't she just climb up, climb up her own hair and grab the belt? Yep. So also, that's a finish as well. Also good. But uh, asking for like an anti gravity cartoon thing where her hair becomes like just completely like like as if somebody's <laughs> spurred it with starch. Yeah. So it just becomes like a beanstalk that she just climbs up. <laughs> but, but I genuinely could picture her doing that with yeah. through no exertion really <laughs> after a twenty minute ladder match. But yeah, I think um it's yeah, also she, gonna she swings it on the ladder. 
Instead of using a fish, she swings her hair, and that's how when Bailey catches it and locks yeah. it in there. Yeah, I think that's a really nice finish, actually. I think Bailey wins for all the reasons you, you just pointed out again. And uh, and also, it's Triple H. Just because you stand tall on the Raw before the pay-per-view doesn't mean you don't win the title at the pay-per-view. Yeah. I think that visual was a sign of things to come with uh, Damage Control holding all the gold. It's five on five, in it, as well? Mm-hmm. War games, typically. So it'd be Bianca leading a team with Asuka, Candice... Alexa's been dragged back into the darkness, leaving two free spots. I didn't. I can't. I, I can't think of two women's wrestlers that would slot perfectly into a match against like a Bailey led. No, nah, it's gone. They're probably not bothered with that. I can't think of any. Can't think of two. Shame as well. Like it's two, yeah. two spots. You can't go three on five in a war game. Yeah. Bianca's problem, I guess. Tag team champions are also on the other side, aren't they? They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Well, we'll guess we'll have to <laughs> bother well, on the old. That's uh, sounds like a Triple H problem to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another reason <laughs> why I think Bailey wins. Um, but I, I think this is going to be great, and uh, yeah, it could it could work. It, there's a, you could make an argument for every match on this sh- show being the main event. It's what you want when your actual main eventer isn't there. That's, I will say that for the mm. Roman Reigns. I mean, the Donnybrook match would be the main event accidentally because it goes across the entire <laughs> yeah. show. But you know, all right. I can't wait for this. Let us know your thoughts ahead of Extreme Rules on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, we'll, of course, be back on Monday to review this show, and uh, Hamflet and Sidge will be previewing the SmackDown before the season premiere, the go-home show ahead of Extreme Rules tomorrow. But for now, this has been the Extreme Rules preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet, thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.